just going right into it. Yes. I'm I mean, what else it. is there to say? We're just got to get to the mic and start expressing our truth. Yeah. I mean, a lot happens. This, <laughs> this was a very eventful week and it, it was did. all stressful. Yes. So we're just going to talk about the one thing that was not stressful. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, it's about a stressful past. Oh. But... A beautiful future. A beautiful future. That is a beautiful way of putting it. I mean, it's the meaning of. (laughs) It is the meaning of. Oh, I just, I love that, like, we're kind of a book club if you think about it. A little bit, yeah. We're kind of like doing what Oprah would do. Yeah. And, like, telling people, hey, this is the book. This is what we want to talk about. This is what we learned. This is how we... We love her. Yes, this is how we've grown from that moment. And we love her and only her (laughs) in that book. (laughs) No, we love rock and roll. Rock and roll. Yes. And we love Ryan Tanaka. And yes. she and Nick had a cute moment. Yes, her friendly Ron. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else came out unscathed in yeah. the book. Nick got a couple paragraphs. He did. Yeah, and they were what? always positive paragraphs. I'm trying to think of like whose section was shorter, Nick's or Luis Miguel's. <laughs> it was neck and neck, honestly. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Game Mats. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And so we decided today's podcast will be a little different. It's a little different. We're changing it up on you, but in a good way. Yeah, because something really monumental happened this week. And well, a lot of monumental things happened this week. Yeah, like Trump has COVID, but we don't have time you know, for that. What are you, you going to do? And you know, the, the debate was a, a complete disaster. because Shit, of that Trump. debate was that just debate this was week. Just, yeah, I that mean. The smartest thing I did this week was not watch that debate. Because Everyone around me literally turned to mush after seeing it. I was like, oh, I'm just listening to Mariah Carey talk about Derek Jeter for 45 (laughs) pages or whatever. (laughs) I died on that couch. I was just like, oh, my God. He's a because like obviously the 2016 debates were he was a complete wreck during the 2016 like debates and everything. He was a psychopath in these debates. And I mean, God bless Joe Biden for he he did what he had to do. He looked in that camera and he was talking to the people and I he was it. trying to get his words in. But they just weren't allowing it. I Hopefully. mean, I assume I mean, we said we weren't going to talk about this, but are they going to have the next debates via Zoom or something? Like, Because Biden doesn't need to be in the room with Trump with COVID. Hello. Biden's not a young man. I mean, man. I'm a, a, the thing is like... <sighs> It's crazy that people are still like questioning this diagnosis. <laughs> like, like he might does he have it? Does he not? The fact that like we cannot like entrust the government to give us like correct news right. is, is one is crazy. Yes. Um. So a lot of people were just like are thinking like, oh, he might not have any. He's just trying to get out of like another debate and everything, which I think is great. <laughs> have it just be an hour and a half of Joe Biden exactly. talking and saying what he wants to say because Lord, let the man speak. I let know. the poor man speak. He deserves to speak. He has shit to say. So and it's all good shit. So let's go. Let's give, go. Give him, a, give him a platform because that's literally just Trump's mo. Is just like plow through everything and so no one else can get a word in edgewise. Right. That's literally his. Um, uh, you know what he's. I can't wait till, you know, the next inauguration, and God willing, we're inaugurating Joe Biden and all as well, and we don't have to think about this person ever again. It's gonna be. That's what I want. It's gonna be the best day to like never speak his name again in the rest of my life. It's just gonna be beautiful. Yeah. So excited about it, but I'm even more excited (laughs) to dive into the book of the millennium. Sure. (laughs) It's kind of like. The Bible, mm-hmm. some other stuff, mm-hmm. the meaning of Mariah Carey, <laughs> book-wise. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sure, I'll take that. How? Okay, what was your process in listening to it? Because I may or may not have listened to all 11 hours in the first day they were released on Audible on that Tuesday that day it was released. So so how did you come to the meaning of Mariah Carey? I almost had a heart attack. I thought you were about to say that you listened to the whole thing twice. And oh, I was like, whoa. No, I haven't listened to it all twice, but I have like picked up special chapters. Of course. Yeah, you made your again. mental notes. Yes, like, oh, yes, at, at hour seven, <laughs> minute 32, 20 second seconds in. I mean, there's in. a lot to get in. Absolutely. Um, so I consumed it over the past several days. Obviously, mm-hmm. most of it last night and this morning because I was like, oh, shit, I have to talk about this on the podcast. I need to have it all done and it was quite a journey yes do you Um, feel like you learned more about her than you knew oh definitely absolutely i mean i never knew someone could love a rich cracker that much (laughs) the whole childhood section was uh, like so insanely traumatizing but also like peppered in with humor where it's like mariah this isn't funny but like (laughs) i loved it when she was was eating that ritz cracker and it was like i don't even know how many paragraphs it was but it it was like five minutes talking about (laughs) the details of a ritz cracker hey yes that's all she had for that whole day before dinner it's just a morsel morsel she was getting started on the morsel diet so early (laughs) and the fact that she has the disdain for the green craft parmesan (laughs) cheese that i do it's like girl yes yes we are sisters it's just so funny to hear about mariah as a child because you kind of think like oh how much of this personality of hers is just like newly created is she just leaning into it's like oh no you were always like this like you weren't in a safe space to express yourself but like the stories of her like singing at the table getting admonished for it and then just walking out standing on a table in the living room and singing there (laughs) (laughs) doing an impression of her mother in the car where she's just like oh I guess we're taking the scene I'm just like and and Mariah's just like, yes, my mother has a way of just, you know, her passive aggressive, like like diva voice and everything. And it's like, girl, I bet you do that. I bet that is you to a T. Okay. I, I mean, and I just, you know, let's, I mean, to talk about the lighter parts of the book, I really loved hearing about this whole Derek Jeter thing. I can't believe how much there is about a relationship that did not last that long. But it makes sense as to why he's like the romantic linchpin in your life. But I was also thinking, like, if I was Brian Tanaka (laughs) reading this book, I'd be like, Okay. Well, he's mentioned it, and Brian Tanaka gets like has like a couple different sections scattered. He does in, through two parts of the book. Um, but but he doesn't get what Derek Jeter. It's not like no. I was. I made sure to give like a Hey DJ sample in Honey because it was a shout out to Derek Jeter. It's like girl. I had no idea there was so much Derek Jeter in Butterfly. I mean, I had an idea. I didn't. I didn't know for sure because I think he's definitely shown up on later albums as well. Like I, you know, and she didn't say this in the book because it was kind of mean. But I'm pretty sure did I do that as a Derek song as well mm-hmm. because she was talking about like what we actually talked about was kind of banal but <laughs> it was such like an escape and like subtle invitation I feel like um, there's another charm race that song lullaby where they revisit the roof so I don't know and also she talks about crybaby and where she's talking about um, you know being on her tippy toes and her new friend's home being Luis Miguel but still crying about you and me mm. Derek Jeter uh, how long were they together probably she- like a year or less. Okay, I mean that's longer than most Taylor Swift relationships, <laughs> and she and she wrote epic, masterful masterpieces about those. So, so if, uh, I, that's not a sh- super short. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. But okay, yeah. let's let's start. I mean, there's so much. That's, there's so yes. much in the book. So let's just start at the beginning. Yes, yeah, so this is. We're not having news for idiots, guys. We're talking yes, about this, the book. news for so. idiots is Mariah Carey's <laughs> memoir that we're going to be discussing. Yes. Uh, so the first third of the book is dedicated to her childhood, her growing up, and like. 
you know, getting started a little bit in the music industry before she meets Tommy Mottola. I feel mm. like that's like where the first, um, you know, chapter changes go when we go in from the first third to the second third is when the sing sing moment happens. So we are introduced to Mariah and all of the turmoil of her childhood. And I didn't realize that Morgan had such a violent streak. Oh God, that, that Morgan section near the end. Mm. Mm-mm. That, Mm-mm. I mean, when it comes back with the whole glitter thing. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. But like, okay, so the introduction of Morgan and like the, you know, putting him against the dad, the fact that they literally legally could not live in the same home mm-hmm. by the time this divorce happened is just like, oh. And that's why when she's talking about like, I believe both my brother and sister were already damaged before I even got here. It's like, absolutely they were. There's no mm-hmm. question about it because... She would talk about that. I really love the section where she was discussing how she could. It was like smelling rain where she knew a storm was coming when she was a child. She never knew what people were arguing about, but she always was like, I know when uh, like human pitch gets to the point where it's going to get physical and I know when to take cover. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. the idea that her childhood was marked by that is just so horrifying. And uh, it was interesting learning about her dad. I mean, all of the stuff was just horrible. But like her dad seemed pretty innocuous. Like he just didn't drink. He was strict. Yeah. And like he had a hard life for sure. Like being in the military, being accused of raping a woman. Yeah. I was into her dad. Like I I, I was like, her dad seems cool. He definitely seems like a a strict father. But like he was a military guy. And you know, he'd been through a lot of stuff. He seemed the only thing that he did that I didn't love because, you know, I'm protective of Mariah Mm -hmm. was when she won her two Grammys. And he's like, if you're a producer like Quincy Jones, like you could win more Grammys like he did. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to be like, uh, uh, you know, let your kids know, like, why wasn't it an A plus? Oh my, I mean, you that, don't have to. I mean, <laughs> I hey, wouldn't do that. Hey, and then what happened? She won more Grammys. So <laughs> Only thank a you, couple more, honestly. Okay. Wow, wow. I mean, not to be rude. Wow. I'm just saying. Um, so of her family member, I do think that he was the safest. Like he was not an unflawed individual, I'm sure. And it seemed like he actually, you know, might have been physically abusive to her siblings, which we didn't get any confirmation of. But it seemed like her mom at some point said to him, like, no, not you cannot with this one. This one yes. is mine. Like, you can't do this with her. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know. I, I I understood why she came around on him when he was, you know, at the end of his life, and when she found all those newspaper clippings. I know. When she said, "I know we're jumping to the end of the book." I know but that but whole chapter about his death, and you just like hear her crying in her voice. Is oh my god! I was. What I is was that the father and the sunset? I yes. Believe. It's, Devastating. Devastating. And it's like, Mariah, take a breath. <laughs> and it's like, and his one wish was that me and Allison would talk again. And she's just like, we were in the same room. That's really all I can Oh, do. my God. But then, you know, she's, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Let's talk about her childhood. Yes. Uh, yeah, I I had fun in the whole childhood section. Like, I, I really enjoyed the um, the sequences about, like, the, the girls who were mean to her and the how she went to that, was it a sleepover? Yes. And they decided to all, like, gang up on her yes. and, like, call her the N-word. You had, that's why I'm looking at you crazy because you said you had fun in the childhood. Like, you know, I, mean, like I, I was riveted by the childhood. It was well written and yes. it was very riveting. It was very illuminating. But it was just off. Like, I just feel like it was, like the, you know, police said, it would be a miracle if she makes it out of this. If mm. she makes it. And she's the miracle. And what she say? She says, that's the moment I stopped feeling like a kid and started feeling like a miracle. And it's like. 
God. Okay. You better write A. <laughs> but B, like, what a weight to put on a child. And, like, there were some lighter moments, like we were talking about with the Parmesan cheese with Alfred Roy. I thought that yes, was Yes, really... Fuckcraft Parmesan cheese. I mean, I don't have such a strong aversion, but Listen, the fact that I'm an she... Italian from Jersey. We don't play that game. The fact that she jumped up from the table, burst into tears, <laughs> and, like, hid in a closet. It's like, girl, you've got to reel it in. <laughs> And um, I also thought it was interesting, and I guess not super surprising, because, you know, I just think it, it really illuminated so much about her, because, like, how much discussion of her hair mm-hmm. in this first section about how, like, her, like, uh, brothers, half-sisters would try to do her hair and try to flat iron it and try to make it better, but it just but never it really worked. Work. And, like, how her mom just left it and, like, mm-hmm. didn't realize, oh, this is black hair, it's different than mine, it can't just be a bohemian, let's do nothing thing. Yeah, her mom was very much just, like, you know, a, a bohemian, like, hippie, yes. like, oh, we're just gonna do whatever and it's gonna be wonderful and everything and Mariah was Mariah like, was like no. no I thought the story about her brother's like friend was fascinating which brother's friend the brother's friend in the back of the car who just like they went to the beach together and the brother's friend was just like in the car next to her and started like combing her hair out for her and everything and you thought it was gonna turn like like creepy and like, weird like creepy and weird but it's like oh no this this like it's teenage boy is like what was that her brother's friend for some reason I thought it was a boy she met at the beach or something I thought this was no it was like her, I think it was her brother's friend oh well I did like that that was a nice <laughs> moment because she's like this is the first time I felt pretty and it feels mm-hmm. like the picture on the back cover is from that day I don't know if that's true but that's how I felt because who knows that. I don't believe Mariah would put many pictures of her hair looking bad in the book no, <laughs> and no, especially yeah. not on the back cover yeah um so yes I thought that moment was really nice and like I it kind of made sense all of the going to beauty school all of the obsession with like what angle we're getting you know on the monitors why she has to sit on a certain side of the screen when she does her talk shows like Mm -hmm. you understand it more and more when you see that as a child she never it was like her mom thought she was just like oh you don't worry about it we're gonna be bohemian it's not a big thing but Mariah was running around feeling dirty and unsafe and the fact that her mother like left her alone so much Mm -hmm. so she was like I was alone a lot as a kid Mm -hmm. and like and like alone a lot as a kid, it's like she was three, like yeah. from three to like her teenage years. It's just it's like scary to me. Like, oh, yeah. It's insane. It's insane. So <laughs> much has happened it's, to her. It's absolutely crazy. But I mean, unfortunately, the biggest threat to Mariah was inside of her home for a bit when her sister was around. Oh, my God. Her sister's boyfriend who. Slash pimp. Her, slash her, pimp. So for those of you who have not read it or listened to it, um, Mariah's was trying to become closer with her older sister, Allison. Mm. And Allison, she knew, had, you know, done some shady things but you know she was still trying to keep have a sisterly relationship mm-hmm. so like Mariah said she had a private phone or something yeah and this was only Allison would call yeah like in her room or something and so it was like their secret like not like secret but like it was their the way they would really talk to each other as sisters and everything and like one day Mariah said Allison called her and was just like we're gonna hang out my boyfriend's gonna pick you up and the boyfriend like picked her up and like drove her around town for like hours. And the thing is the three of them had hung out before and it had been fine. They've mm-hmm. had a lot of fun and she'd been to John's house and uh, you know, they had m- much better stuff. They had juicy juice there. A lot of stuff. Juicy juice. She loves <laughs> that juicy juice. big for juice. Mariah. And it, she had, they had a lot of stuff there like that the kids would love. And so Mariah felt comfortable and loved the three of them. And so Allison was like, yeah, me and John are going to come by and pick you up. Mm-hmm. But Allison wasn't there. 
Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Mariah Carey as a child could get at, at how old she was 12, because again, every all of the arresting horrible memories with Allison happen when she's 12. So when she says she's eternally 12, it's actually sadder than you think it is because everything about yeah. her childhood is sadder than you think it is. Um, But so John picks her up and drives around town again. John is both Allison's boyfriend at this point and a pimp. And he drives her around, takes her to this weird card game with a bunch of adult men. And like, Mm -hmm. she's just sitting there just like, where is my sister? What am I doing here? And it's just like, where the fuck is Pat? Yeah. Where is your mother? And the fact that he like kissed her in the car. Disgusting. And went to uh, like parked somewhere or something. They were were at a drive-in movie or something. Yeah. Where he kissed her. And someone next to them, like some old white guy looked in the car and was like, what the fuck is this? I think she said that he like drove like up and parked next to them and just like watched them the whole time. And Mariah Carey was just like, that man was like my guardian angel. Right. That man obviously knew something was up. Right. Because she was a child. and And Mariah, even in the car, was like when she was considering not going with him or like being asked to be driven home was looking at the gun in his waistband. Mm -hmm. And it's just like how, and that's why like all of the Pat stuff really upsets me because it's like, not to say that this is explicitly Pat's fault, but like your job as the primary caregiver is to make sure your child is safe. Yes. Period. Period. I get that you are an opera singer. You have a whole life of your own, but like that should be your number one priority. And the fact that it wasn't and Mariah was put in so many precarious situations made me so sick to my stomach. Pat should be like, no, you are not hanging out with Allison without me there. Yes. Yeah. Allison's not safe. Allison at that point, I think had had a child, had moved to the Philippines, had gotten married and divorced, come back and was now living with a pimp. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, this is not a safe person that be around at all but Pat was not worried about it I have really mixed feelings about Pat because we've seen her she's been Queen Pat to us we've Mm -hmm. seen her duet with Mariah and with Okami All You Faithful and she does such a beautiful job on it but that story when they're in the car and this like um somebody's watching me comes on the radio and Pat's doing her opera voice and doing like sometimes it feels like somebody's watching me and like Mariah laughs because it's funny because like mm. you sound ridiculous that's just not what happens and the fact that Pat turns to her uh, who's like she must have been 14 15 at this point and just said you would be lucky to be half the singer I am one day and it's like you fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, Pat knows what she's got <laughs> She, but it's just like, yeah, it's, I feel like it's so weird because Whitney Houston's mom was the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. she'd always say, like, I feel like after Whitney's death, there are interviews with Sissy, and she's like, What do you think about your daughter's beautiful voice and like all the amazing things she did? And she's like, Well, she was just doing what I did. She just, like, she copied my thing. That was what I, that's what I, she did all of her things she learned, she got from me. And it's like, that is such an ugly color on a parent. Yes. To be, like, could you imagine either of our mothers behaving? Like, if they are not, like, beaming with pride about every single thing we do. And, like, the the idea of being competitive or, like, wishing ill on your own child is just, like, don't have kids then. Insane, yeah. It's insane. And, I mean, again, like Mariah says, there's a beauty and a beast to Pat. And, you know, she did expose her to, so, like, the jazz musicians that Mariah would sing Lullaby of Birdland with. She had her gay uncles, which took a lot of pictures of her being dramatic and, you know, doing poses and stuff. Yeah. And, like, there are good parts of Pat, but, like, you hear Pat go... And, like, also, she married a black man in 1970 and, like, was, a, you know, of civil rights, you know, in civil rights marches and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. she was a part of the movement. Yeah. But then you see her at that... When she's at the coffee place and asks, like, I like my coffee black, like my man. <laughs> you're just like, oh, God, Pat. Well, but the thing is, like, you also find out about Pat's mother. Yes. I thought that, like, those moments were very interesting. How, like, Pat's mother was, like, 
super strict and like completely wrote Pat off and yeah. like didn't meet Mariah until Mariah was like what twelve or yeah. something. Um, and only because she knew that she was the lightest of the kids. Yeah, She's like that's the only one I want to meet because she yeah. is closer to the right color. So obviously Pat has some d- demons herself. She does. Um, the, the whole section about um Pat's one of Pat's boyfriends. Who was like Mariah's God. favorite. Favorite. The best of the boyfriends. And I was Henry. like, yes, Henry. And I was rooting for Henry. We I was like, yes, Henry. Henry. Henry and Pat. And then all of a sudden he like was threatening to kill them. Yes, because he. W- I feel like he was a Vietnam vet mm-hmm. and he was, you know, doing some psychedelic drugs. And he was a black man in America at the time. It was a lot to go through, of course. Um, and so they broke up very. But like she, he bought Mariah cats. He paid for Mariah's second year at that, you know, theater camp yeah, or whatever. Yeah, we were rooting for Henry. We were rooting for Henry. But then that whole finale story of like, oh, and then Henry's looking down the barrel of a shotgun and, and says like, oh, you know, and the Pat's like, we're leaving, Mariah. Both of us are leaving. It's like, no. And he says calmly, no, I don't want you to leave. I'm going to chop you up and put you in our my freezer so you can always stay with me. Yeah. They, so then, of course, Mariah's like, oh, let's get out now. Yeah. <laughs> and then they leave. And then Pat's like, oh, but what about the cat? And that's No, when, Mariah was like, what about the yes, cat? Yes, Mariah's like, no, what about the cat? And that's the moment that any normal, sane, aware parent, parent would, be like, would be like, fuck that cat. Fuck that cat. <laughs> <laughs> but Mariah, Mariah's mom was just like, okay. Be careful. <laughs> I know. When I heard that, I was like, oh, no. Cats. But then she got that cat. And it was it was like an orange cat. And I'm just like, oh, this is very whisper. It's very whisper. <laughs> is, which you, all, again, points to we need this to be the biopic. I There's, know. The glitter didn't even need to happen just to write this. But So when she picks up whisper in glitter she's when she's up. an adult, it's no longer a funny moment. It's like a moment from her I childhood. Know. Like, I need to go back and, and get, get the cat. my cat. Like, it's, oh, my God. Unbelievable. Incredible. And again, just I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the, the other thing about our family that comes up is both when Mariah has signed this $100 million deal with Virgin Records mm-hmm. and she's, you know, said that she's, you know, going, you know, a crazy around the glitter time. She, the fact that she and her therapist have come to the conclusion of like, if we're being objective about this, you would just sign the biggest deal of all time. This is your family that from the moment you got signed has been asking you for money to support their lives in one way or another. The fact that your brother like snuck you into a treatment facility like without you knowing mm-hmm. and that your mom kept showing up with the record label. Like, Darling, you've got to get back to work. It's just like, yeah, they were trying to conservatorship her they were yes. trying to Britney Spears her and it's just it's, especially when especially well it was and we're obviously ahead but like especially because like Mariah wasn't exhibiting like Britney Spears level behavior. no no like, so she, she just like stripped on TV she just went on TRL and right. like had a costume change like <laughs> right. and I mean I guess they were using the whole like 911 call thing that Pat did which again was just like but the thing is, like, after all, like, the childhood stuff, when Mariah talked about buying her mom the house, I was like, was so beautiful. oh, my God, like, I'm, like, back on Team Pat. And I'm just like, oh, this, you know, through all this, they forgave each other and everything. Mariah bought her mom a house. This is so beautiful. Like, I I was just imagining, like. That this would be a nice. Her just, like, Pat just walking into this house that Mariah set up for her. And she was talking about how Pat was just like, oh, this house is so beautiful. And then Mariah was just like, well, it's, it's yours. yours. It's like. <gasps> that is a beautiful story. And that's why it's all the more disappointing when, like, if that was, what, 91, 92, 93, 
by 98.99 when Mariah's at that political event or whatever and brings her mom because she's getting like a medal of honor for some reason which I didn't even know happened honestly Mm -hmm. and then her mom goes with her and gets really drunk and like starts I know talking about her politics which in fairness I probably agree with but then her Mariah's people have to like but like push her backstage and be like, hey, you, my mom can't be out here. She's really ruining the vibe. Like this is not that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's back there just saying, I hate Mariah. I, I hate I, Mariah. When mm. <laughs> she's like, the only child I love is Morgan. <laughs> and it's like Morgan, <laughs> the one that shoved you against the wall and left you for dead. The, how can a parent? It's unfathomable. Say, that it's like, unfathomable I, truly mm-hmm. like honestly the fact that mariah has any sort of relationship with her mother and still you know pays for her life is very the very fact kind. that mariah was like hey mom i'm recording oh come all ye faithful right and it's the best i've ever sounded <laughs> literally ever you want to be on the track right. me. the fact that mariah was like willing to do that it's just like oh man mariah you have forgiven so much. and that's the thing is like i feel like so many people give her so much shit about like oh well allison's in really dire straits and morgan this and this and she's cut them off and it's like there is no healthy way to have these people in her life. Mariah has given them a trillion yes. chances. Yes. And she's never said like, oh, I don't love my sister. No. Oh, I don't care about my sister. Like, obviously Mariah is very torn up about her sister. It feels very complicated yes. things about her brother and her mother. Like, but you know, you have to do what you have to do. Exactly. I, I'm proud of her by the end of the book for setting those boundaries. Because again, in childhood, she didn't have them. And the one part we haven't really talked about, the sing-sing of it all. Mm. I <laughs> Something that is so... <laughs> fascinating about this book Mm. is how she does not talk about the writing process of her first three albums (laughs) in the slightest. She just is just like, yes, and then I released three albums and then I became famous and 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 it's it's like, like, wait. One of those albums is Music Box, which is truly her biggest selling, one of the biggest selling albums ever. She's like, yeah. It really just like jumps from like she met Tommy, like yeah. which all of that was very interesting, like the whole struggling in New York and then having the background singer jobs and then finally meeting Tommy and everything. Like, right. All that was very, really interesting. And then you expect her to be like, and then finally the day she like names the date that her right. first album came out. And then when it, it shot to number, like it did all this and it right. hit these numbers and it sold, like she sort of just skips ahead and she's like, she's just like, yes. And then my album came out and, and then fast forward a couple of years later, and by that point, my album had sold 12 million <laughs> trillion copies. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. And it just kind of shows that she was not super fully aware of like yes. the extent of who she was. That whole like going to where was she connected? What's that called? Connected. I was like, I can't say this. It's <laughs> connected when she's like, why are there so, like, why can we not get through? What's this traffic for? Like, why are there there's police here? And they're like, it's for you, bitch. Yeah. Like, you're insane. That's how sequestered Tommy had her. The, the, you know what was not, I mean, everything was horrifying about Tommy, but the first thing that made me like physically ill was when her makeup artist would be like trying to prove how famous they were and like how famous she was and like would have signed things from celebrities. <gasps> notes that were written to her from Joey Lawrence. Oh my God, she could have dated Joey Lawrence. And all these people and then Tommy just because he couldn't control it and it was out of his power burned Burned it. it. 
like burned what? it, threw it in a fireplace, so she could never know how much people loved her at that time. It's crazy. It's it's like no, you were the most famous, and she's like yes, and then like I had won two Grammys, and da 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 da. And it's like, did you not know? Like, how did you not like? Comprehends like I because she wasn't allowed to be in the public. She was little. Those drives back up to upstate to New York to sing sing were just like, oh god, she's back in that limo. Either if it was with him or without him, it was just like, God, what a horrifying thing. It's like I've just had this wonderful moment. I finally come face to face with my fans because again, she wasn't even going on tour, mm-hmm. so it's not like she saw huge arenas with people in them. So she's like, oh, I've come face to face with my fans. This is the happiest I've ever felt. Let me jump in the back of this limo and drive up to this prison that I built for $15 million that I am not allowed to leave from. I can't do anything here. There are armed guards throughout it. It's it's nuts. And she's just like, yes, and I had this song. It was called Emotions, and I had this. I know. She's just like, yeah, this is just the things that happen. Yeah. The first song she talks about making is fantasy, I feel like. Even Vision of Love, I was expecting. No, Hero, she talks. She talks about making, yeah, that's true. She did talk about making Hero. But like, she was like, I didn't love it. <laughs> I was just like, like okay, I'll, easy. I'll change some lyrics to make it more personal since it was written for Gloria Stefan and Tommy knew that it was going to be a classic. So yeah. I changed some lyrics and and then, I, and, but then when she like sang it on the, her talking about how the first time she sang it on stage when yes. she premiered the song and seeing the people react to it. Like right. I thought that was a very good I didn't moment. realize that special was filmed before the album came out and people didn't even know Dream Lover at that point. Like I've seen that special and I'm just like, oh yes, I know what this is. But I imagined that the album was already out and that that's why the people were responding the way they were Mm -hmm. but it was really something I again I love that she still injected some humor into this section like the Thanksgiving is cancelled chapter is so fucking funny (laughs) like what (laughs) a crazy person I also love that she was just to his face when he was like puppy's gonna be shining my shoes in a few years she was just like that is that's racist (laughs) queen tell him tell him and then then when she said that I just love I just can't believe how afraid everyone was of this person Mm -hmm. like how much power he had in general how much power he had over her it's just this the mind boggles I'm I just am so weirdly proud of her for I mean this happened obviously like 25 Mm -hmm. years ago now but I'm just so proud of her for getting the strength to get out of that relationship because every relationship in her life of the people that were supposed to be closest to her was so traumatic and Mm -hmm. so dysfunctional and the fact that she finally saw it and the fact that Derek was the catalyst after you know they go to therapy all these weeks and the therapist is like you've got to let her out of the house which is like a, <laughs> a weird first step that took months of negotiation like, let her take like an acting class right. like let her do it no he was so against the acting just because it, he couldn't control it he I wasn't mean, the most powerful person right she was the Dina Jones of our time oh my god and then when he got mad at her for entertainment weekly like fantasy casting all about Eve uh with um, was it all about it? Uh, yes, with, uh, was it? Diana Ross? Diana Ross. Yeah, as and then Mariah. Mariah. And she was like, and of course me as Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tommy got mad at her for that. And Mariah was just like, I didn't do this. I like, didn't do I anything. didn't. This, this isn't, isn't real. Like, this isn't real. Yeah, it's crazy how, especially, I, I love how later on, I guess we'll talk about it more. She talks, because normally people, the sort of, um, idea everyone sort of touts nowadays is like oh social media has ruined us social media mm. has ruined us but Mariah was just like no social media has like saved it would have pe- saved me. like it would have like saved me like because yeah. like people would have known the situation that like I am in like Tommy would not have had this 
like control over me because he would have realized or I would have realized that like the fans are what matter. Like right. look at my look at the fans that I have. I do have a voice, you know, and and how she talks about how back in the 90s, especially like everything was tabloids, tabloids, right. tabloids. And it like ended up killing Princess Diana and mm. everything. And and she's like. And nowadays, like the the crazy fans on social media will come with receipts and defend yes. you yes. to the death. And she's like, so no matter how bad things get, like I will always have them. It's just so crazy to me that the first I mean, she says this on the Oprah interview, but it's just reinforced in the book how she's like the first unconditional love I ever felt was from my fans. And then it was rock and roll and like end of list. <laughs> and it's like, shit, shit. Mm-hmm. It's just, ugh. But those Derek chapters, I love. I was just re-listening to those just because it's like she, they're like, they're in like a trial separation and then an actual separation. It's always a little unclear if like, initially, of course, when they were first meeting up, it seemed to be behind the back. But then there was a moment where she's like, and then we decided we were allowed to see other people. Mm-hmm. It's like when she was playing Honey for Tom Mottola or playing uh, My Offer Him and he was mad and he was like, oh, I guess you were really inspired. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, I was. she was. Yeah, I was. Derek Jeter. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> writing the best album of my life. <laughs> Thank you so And that's the thing is, I think that is one of the reasons that it hits the way it does. It's because this is the first time in her entire career she's not writing about imaginary characters coming yeah. to save her from sing sing she's talking about like remember when we had sex it was great <laughs> <laughs> she's not writing what the studio wants her to write no. she's, and just i loved those sections where she's talking about writing fantasy and how she was just like tommy i have a great idea i'm getting odb on oh the my god he's in the house and he's recording right now and mariah plays what he just like right. which i was surprised that he wasn't mariah wasn't there while he was well i don't think he was in the house i think he was at a, ODB was at a different studio. Oh, I thought he was at the studio. No, because uh, no, because Tommy had picked her up from the studio because Mariah had to go home at like seven p.m. or whatever, and then ODB, uh, you know, I'm sure came in late. <laughs> I'm sure he was there like three in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> and so she's getting a call from the studio, like far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Tommy listened to him and was just like, "What is, what this? is this? I could do this." And it's like. And what she's saying is so true. She's like, he was so, he hated hip hop so much because he couldn't control it. He didn't understand it. And it was becoming such a huge cultural thing. It's like, sweetie, this isn't a fad and mm-hmm. it's going to overtake you. You are going yeah. to become irrelevant because you can't even see the value in this and the talent that goes into it. And he couldn't. I and know. what's he doing now? It's like us with TikTok. <laughs> We're just like, we're just like we we're, we can't get but we can't you figure know it what? out. We've made peace with <laughs> it. It's like we're it. okay with being the dinosaurs about TikTok. And Tommy could not make peace with the fact because he was being a dinosaur about hip hop. It's yeah. like these are your and you just need to let me do what I'm doing because I have the ear for this. Yeah. I know where the culture's going. And like a motherfucker, I can make you so much money. Let me do what I can I do. You hear the fantasy? You hear everything on Daydream? How it's going more like R and B hip hop? And you know how Everyone well it's doing this. it. Everyone is loving this. I couldn't believe after um, when she's trying to get out of her Sony contract that she went to Japan to meet with the head of Sony, period. Not mm-hmm. Sony Music. <laughs> Just like the head of Sony. It's like, yes. <laughs> get them. <laughs> get them. Ugh. I, 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 I'm just so obsessed with that section. And then, of course, the glitter section. I love how in-depth it got into it. Mm-hmm. I do. I just I do wonder about the things that were left out. I feel like around this time and like till the end of the book, I'm like, there's so much being left out here. Like the only thing in glitter I really wanted her to touch on a little bit was the bipolar diagnosis. And I mm-hmm. realized that is her diagnosis. Oh, to yeah, speak she about. doesn't. She doesn't say the say word it. in the whole thing. And I feel like. 
again, I feel like she was saying when she came out with it in People Magazine or whatever it was, and, you know, to make sure Stella didn't come and sell it to a tabloid, which is what she was threatening to do. Mm -hmm. But I still would have wanted to see how that works into everything, because in that article, she said she was taking medication for it, at least for a time, now that she's, like, you know, grappled with the diagnosis after so long. But... That's not mentioned. And then the whole James Packer of it all is not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Stella's not mentioned. Big things in her life. And maybe it's the Stella stuff, there might be some still legal entanglements. So she, maybe she can't talk about it. But mm-hmm. the glitter stuff she does go into pretty closely. And you, I did forget how obsessed the tabloids were with Mariah at that point. Like it really was like Britney Spears in 07. But Mariah just was much more... Like she was, she would hide herself. She like mm-hmm. made stuff. But I do remember when they got that picture of her coming out of that treatment facility, and I can't believe Pat was so excited mm. when Pat was like, "Oh, did you see? I know, I know. The house looks great. Yeah, it's just like Pat, Pat, girl, Pat. I love how Mariah also describes the TRL moment in the exact exact same way that you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's you're just all like, yeah, the right. blame she is just, on. Uh, Carson yeah. Daly. Just like, Ryan just like went on TRL and she just like had a fun moment. Like, what, <laughs> like what's the big deal? Like, and then then like um, what's um, Carson uh, Daly? Carson Daly like didn't even play along. Like, right. It's just like he what was a being, dick. What a dick. He was being such a dick. And yeah, it really was. I'm excited to see Carson's statement as a result oh. of this. Oh yeah, because like he was giving her nothing. He really was. So and when every actor knows and Mariah knows as an a, a trained actress exactly that if your partner's given nothing. Give them more. Give them more. <laughs> Give you know, more. You, well, I thought we were going to be improv partners. Where's the yes and from Where's Carson? Where's the yes and from Carson? He was just like, no, no, no. So Mariah was like, well, shirt's coming off. <laughs> and I'm going to wear a cute ensemble. Oh, yes. I mean, and then she goes into the Charm Brace, Deliver It All. And then when she talks about emancipation, I love how she's like, as much as she, I'm sure, was excited about the success, she was very much like, my fans needed this. Mm-hmm. Like, they needed to see me come back in this big of a way. And... Because it's, I mean, I was there. I was one of the fans she was talking about. And you know what? I did. (laughs) It was my senior year of high school. I had been blathering on about Mariah Carey for my entire life up until that point. And to see her at that stage doing the music she wanted to do. And like, I don't know. That's an album that, if I'm being completely honest, I don't revisit all the time. But when you do and you get transported back to that time and you know that We Belong Together was on the radio every five fucking minutes and everyone had written her off, it was... It was really validating. It was wonderful. I mean, I agree. I was not aware at the time of what was going on, but I, f- I feel the past in a, my present. It was. I'm so glad you do. I'm so glad you do. I, I can imagine. I love listening because I, I listen to the audiobook, and I love how sometimes when there's, because there's, you know, lyrics written everywhere. Of She's always quoting herself and it, it's always amazing. But sometimes she just reads them. I know. Sometimes she sings them and as the book gets further and further along, sometimes she adds harmonies. <laughs> she adds background vocals and you're I just know. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just like willing it. It's like, no, you know what this one needs? You know what this random quote from Petals needs? It needs little, oh, needs some layers. Oh my God. And then when she... When it's like her dad's funeral and she's singing the song that her background singer sang, mm-hmm. and she does the whole the whole orchestration is there uh-huh. and the vocal sounds beautiful and it's just like you're doing all of this for an audiobook. Yes, God she is. Oh, I also love that in that chapter how she's talking about uh, she has her dad's car. Yes. Also, I did not know she had Marilyn Monroe's piano. I didn't know that. I knew she I had, had it. No oh, idea yes. she had oh, yes. that. That's crazy. Um, but that was also something I got from it, the book. Is like I 
knew she loved Marilyn, but I didn't know how much she loved. Marilyn comes up all the oh, time. Yeah. Like like when she was um, talking about how Derek Jeter was going to be her Joe DiMaggio, like Marilyn and like iconic second husband. It's like, oh, she's your Mariah. <laughs> yeah. Like she's obsessed. Yes. Every, she's And like you hear her talk about it and it's like, oh, I see why. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that piano is legendary. Like really? you think of something you can own from Marilyn Monroe. You think of the piano. Wow. Like amazing, amazing. I, Good for you, Mariah, for like being like, I want this yes. and I'm going to And she's take like, care and it's it. the most expensive thing, like uh, a piece of, of art in my is. home. But I, but to go back to the father, I love like her talking about the picture of like rock in her dad's oh. car. Oh, and the pictures are in the physical book. In the book, yeah. Oh, I looked at those pictures. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, like, gun to your head, what was like your favorite section of the book? I think it was as she was becoming. Famous, or like when she was singing at the national anthem at that NBA finals game, like her early successes. When I was just like, I know how big you're gonna get, and like, I'm so excited for you. That was one of my favorite parts. I think the Derek Jeter stuff is just so insane. I love it, it's mm-hmm. so in depth and like paints such a picture about like why that relationship was so important to her. I really loved that. Um, her childhood is good, it's just so heavy, it's just so mm-hmm. heavy. Um, but I think the as she's getting started and the and the Sing Sing chapters are very illuminating because we all mm-hmm. knew that Tommy was a piece of shit. But that like he held a blunt like the flat end of a knife to her face <gasps> in front of her collaborators, one of whom I is Corey about that. Rooney, who t- Instagrammed about this and was like, I was there and she was belittling Tommy this whole time. And it wasn't even the sharp side of the knife. And it's uh, like, are you trying to defend this man aggressively putting a knife up to his wife's face and you standing there, one of her closest collaborators on Butterfly, doing jack shit. I forgot. I think I blocked that moment out of my memory horrifying. from the book because I was just like, oh, oh, oh. I oh, wonder no. if Walter Avanasiev was one of the other people. Oh my God. Because Could you imagine. Because they immediately stopped working at that point and she's like, these were my supposed friends. She plays that part of pe- Petals. Uh, you know, the... Who stabbed me? Who, when the knife was chipping away at me, they turned their eyes away and went home to sleep. And it's like, it definitely was Corey Rooney because he told on himself. He went on Instagram and talked about it. But I, I don't know. It could be Walter too. I can't believe like he, she did not divorce him then and there. Like I, that a guy was kicked out of the Big Brother house for putting up like a knife to a, a, girl, a girl as he so. should have been. Yes, and I mean she said that was the last show. She's like that was the last. Show he yes. put on for me. Absolutely. Ever. Another part that was so shocking to me was that was blocked out of my memory was the the Morgan Carey, how she remembers from her when she was younger, her one of her mother's boyfriends uh-huh. or something. How Morgan Carey was like, if you give me five thousand dollars, oh yeah, like, that was right as she got her artist advance. Like that was yeah. right as maybe she got her million dollar publishing advance or something. But like as soon as she started making money, they were coming for her. They yeah. were just trying. And but her like mom just, sat but like there. coming for her. Like Morgan Carey really put a hit out on this guy. On, like when Mariah Carey was just like, "Oh yeah, Morgan was arrested for being paid because to follow through with someone who wanted to put a hit out on someone." Yeah, no, he was hired to murder someone. He didn't yes. wind up doing it, but he was embattled in that whole discussion because he had taken the money. Yeah, that section I was just like, "Oh, that and the butter knife." It's just like, "Oh, 
Oh. I mean, in that whole Allison section and the, the yeah. like baby honeymoon, the baby, uh, what do they call baby shower slash wedding shower warmer. I was like, wait, are we celebrating a baby? Are we celebrating a wedding? Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there are parts of the book where, you know, Mariah is, a, you know, maybe a little judgmental of her sister and her mom when she, she's like, and my mom tried to put out an album after you had three kids. Like, what record company would want that? It's like, okay, Mariah, that's kind of... <laughs> That's kind of mean, but uh, she's just like, I, I just filed it in a folder of what not to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, the thing is, she was so, so unbelievably and unwaveringly driven that I think is what is the takeaway. Like so many people oh, yeah. came to her with bullshit deals and she's like, no, I know there's something bigger there. The only guy that fucked her over was Ben Margulies, who had that artist deal with her and got paid for her artist royalties up until 1999. Mm-hmm. He only wrote like the songs on the demo. And she, I I loved that part. I loved that whole section where she was like just starting off and everything yeah. and, and trying to navigate the idea of like the deals and everything. And she talked about that and she was just like, it was unfair and horrible, but you learn how to pick and choose your battles. Yes. And it's just like, I am right there with you, girl. <laughs> like know. you, like once, when you are trying to pursue this, you're just like, you learn which battles to fight and right. which ones you're just like, you know what? It just has to be what it's it is. It's like someone was trying to buy a song from her from $5,000. And at that point in her life, she was living in that like horrible apartment on mm-hmm. like in that weird loft over the kitchen, which is like, how does it even work? Oh, yeah. She had to like climb on the counter. Yeah, to get to it's her bed. like, girl, what? And someone offered her $5,000 for a song. She's like, no, I know it's worth more. And yeah. like, that is amazing. Yeah. Like, if I was above a kitchen <laughs> loft, I'd be like, girl, take it. I can write another song. Yeah. But it, that that's my what were your favorite parts of the book? Oh, I would what I just said the yeah. the um her as like a struggling singer in yeah. New York. I was really fascinated by that. Um, I loved that whole father chapter. Yes, like about the end of her father's life. Yes. I was just like, yes, God, and the sunflowers everywhere. And it's also like the more you learn about it, you look back at those videos, you see that swing, and it's like, oh, I guess that was a reference. Mm-hmm. The sunflowers I knew were a reference, and through the rain, but. You, but now it's like you listen to pedals and you have no more questions. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also love that chapter because you didn't hear about her father for hundreds of pages. Yes. It felt like yes. hours. And then it's like now he's back. And that's yeah. what I was wondering because she like had kind of gone past Charm Brace a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I know he had passed before this. Like, are mm-hmm. we going to close that chapter? And we did. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I wonder what her family is going to say about this. I wonder what the Morgans and Allisons and Pats are going to come out of the woodwork and say. But... I, I'm I'm weirdly proud of her. I'm so glad she built a life that is safe and comfortable. I want a part two. <laughs> I want to know about the things that happened after Glitter in the detail in which she talked about her early life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like a little bit more. Like, I, I loved the music stuff and the writing process that she talked about. I'd love a little bit more of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you could tell when she was a bless you. Oh, thank you. You can tell the that musically the stuff that she was like, no, that the writing of Butterfly needs yes. to be in here. The conception of all the stuff in Daydream all needs Absolutely. to be in here, like in detail and everything. Absolutely. Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel. We don't really need to go in depth <laughs> with that, you know. Right. But right. But I. But I, that, that's in the memoir part two. I, I know. I thoroughly that. enjoyed it. I think it was really detailed for what we got. Like mm-hmm. it gets a little rushed by the end, but that just means we can write another one, darling. So. Yeah. I advise. Well, the thing is, I I felt that it was probably a lot of details were left out at the end because I feel like people know the least about her childhood Mm. and about when she was with Tommy for all those years because no one 
could know anything. Right. Like now, everything she does is so public. She it has is, such a. But we don't know the like the details of that whole Stella thing. We don't know the true. details of the James Packer thing. Like there's a there's stories to be told there, but I, maybe it's she's just too close to it. It's too recent memory mm-hmm. for her to be like, oh, I'm ready to look back and like piece this all together. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's true. It's it definitely was more shrouded in mystery her yeah. childhood and the Tommy days for sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, should we take uh, the point is you should read it, you should buy it, and um, obviously there are spoilers in that. We'll put that in the title. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're gonna take a quick break and be back with more Two Game Mats podcast. are back and we are completely Mariah-less oh. for the rest of this podcast I unless you're giving me moments I, we won't be okay we won't be <laughs> but we can still uh be into Britney Spears for this moment because we're gonna be talking about email my heart oh yes uh, this is email my heart this is the section of the podcast where we answer some questions that you guys might have you can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two mats at gmail.com so this question well first we got an email from Clems uh, recommending us to listen to Royzen Murphy Yes, cool. with, I've heard good things about her. So I have not heard of her, so I'm going to try that out. Thank you, Clem, for the suggestion. Thanks, Clem. Um, but we got a question from Francesca, and she the, her subject line is thoughts on BTS and K-pop in general. Hey, Mats, I'm Cheska from the Philippines. Have been watching you guys since your Hamilton video in 2015, and because of you guys, I have definitely learned a lot more on pop culture, Broadway, and the Mariah Carey. Yeah, well, I'm sure she learned even more listening to this podcast. <laughs> for sure. Um, because of my classes, I haven't been able to listen to your podcast for the past two weeks, and because of that, I'm sorry if you've talked about this, but I wanted to know what you think about BTS's new single, Dynamite, especially since it hit number one again this week. And I just want to know about your thoughts on anything k-pop in general thanks for keeping me entertained for the past five years and i'm looking forward to the next five as well sincerely cheska oh thank you yeah i liked dynamite yeah I thought Dynamite's really fun really cute it's honestly the only bts song i've ever listened to i think i've heard one other one that was similarly nice and cute yeah i have no negative feelings about this song it didn't blow me away for being like oh this is the big english single or whatever but mm-hmm. i think it's cool it's cute it works i we, I feel like we need to have like a K-pop deep dive. I at think some so. Point. So many people have asked. They've asked, and it's all the rage. And so we really, and neither of us know much about it. Right. We just know that the stands are incredible. I know <laughs> they're serious. They are love them. Serious. So I think it would be fun to, I don't know, have a video, a two game ads video at some point where we, I don't know how we would get a. Uh, like videos or songs that we should listen to. Right. Or we could listen to a couple songs. Yeah, maybe so. Hey, email us. Tell us what K-pop songs we should start with. Like K-pop 101. Yeah, K-pop 101. I love that. We need a K-pop 101 video. So if you have any suggestions for that, let us know. Yes. The um, only K-pop group I know any sort of songs in full are from Blackpink. Mm-hmm. I know the ice cream song with Selena Gomez, which is very good, written by Ariana Grande. And uh, that's a great song. They just put out their album, I think, uh, this past week. And so I should give it a listen. I know that Cardi B is featured, which we love. And uh, they're incredible performers and so talented. So I want to know more about Blackpink specifically. You know I love a girl group. Of course. You know yeah. I love a girl group. So that's my feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is that it? That's it. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> so, Matt Steele, mm-hmm. what's been giving you moments this week? Um, so, this week has been very busy for me. Um, I finally got new health insurance. Yeah. I finally, 
fix the website, the yes. mobile website, Congratulations. I survived the debate. You I did. Uh, survived the whole announcement of Trump getting COVID. Yes. I survived the triple eviction on Big Brother, which mm. was boring and went exactly the way you expected <laughs> it to go. Love it. But so, but there was a moment that did give me a little moment of nostalgia. Oh. So I've talked about the show Bug Juice on Two Gay Mats several times now. Absolutely. And I always talk about the, which was, it was a show on the Disney Channel. It was a reality show that followed kids at summer camps. And the first season uh, documented summer of 1997 and it was Camp Wasiata, which was in Maine. Mm. And I, that's the season I always talk about. That is that is the season of Bug Juice. It's the only one I mentioned. I talk about, you know, the character of Sara and she is just the best. Um, and I don't say characters if they're not real. They're characters. Like, <laughs> You know, they're person. I don't want to call them personalities, like a reality show personality. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I don't. I'd, I'd rather say character. Okay. Um. So the second season was Camp Highlander, and that was in North Carolina or South Carolina. I forget, but it was not as good as Wazziata. Then summer of two thousand, they filmed Camp Brush Ranch. Uh, and that was in a camp in New Mexico. So okay. New territory, not on the East Coast. And so. I recently dived back into Camp Brush Ranch. Wow, for where can some, you even watch it? Oh, it's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's in like it's not like full episodes though. It's in like mm. chunks and everything. And I was reintroduced to the character of Alex. Alex was a boy. I don't, I forget like 13, 12, 13 years old. Yeah, and he was fabulous beyond belief. I love him already. Just. Completely himself, 100%, was obsessed with shopping, was obsessed <laughs> with clothes, Love was obsessed it. with everything. And so Alex was in a cabin with all these just like bros who loved sports. Mm. And there was a whole episode about Alex and about how at, like the camp counselors had to like explain to these other boys in the cabin, mm. like, Alex is just Inch. And no one was mean to Alex, right. but like you could tell there was like a little bit of like Alex is into weird things, right. you know, and it was very clear Alex was homosexual. Of course. And, but you know, it was, he was not out yet. Obviously he was actually dating a girl at the camp, okay. Jen, but then that girl got kicked out of camp cause she brought marijuana. It was a huge scandal. <laughs> and so there's a whole scene where Alex is just like crying and he's Aww. devastating. He's just like, Jen was my best friend. And I'm like, Aww. girl. I relate <laughs> like, <laughs> like I relate to like having a girl just be like she's my best friend I'm gonna marry her um, and so it's this whole episode where Alex um, it's all about how Alex is sort of like different mm. and uh, he, he talks about shopping and he talks about jewelry he loves making jewelry and everything mm. and and it, like the camp counselors are like teaching these other boys in his cabin like Alex is cool Alex is fucking cool wow. and you should all be as cool as Alex and everything. Right. And these other boys are like learning about Alex. And it was just such a heartwarming, innocent episode of television that, because you know, back then they didn't talk about that on yeah. TV and everything. Yeah. And, and so they didn't have words to describe it. And obviously this kid was not out at the time. Yeah. Um, so they wouldn't. And so it was just such a heartwarming moment for me. Alex is the reason why we have gay rights. And <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> it's just so funny because he came to camp with, uh, 
a like a friend from home named mm. Lee, and Lee, you know, was like into sports and everything. Right. And uh, they were had to in their intro package. They had to explain what they liked about each other. And Lee was like, "I like Alex because he's really funny and like fun and everything." And Alex, he's like, "I really like Lee because like he has really good hair now that he cut it." Just <laughs> <laughs> like yes, but it's and this kid is just such a winner. Just has. Have such you followed a up? Going, Where's Alex now? I have no idea where Alex is now. I look for him. I know. But Alex, he was just such a king, and I just, I just loved him. And I should have given Brush Ranch Camp Brush Ranch a, a more of a chance than I gave oh, it. Right. I just kind of like, I watched it, but it wasn't as invested as Camp Wowsy on mm, you know. Okay. So, so yeah, that that was my little moment of just rediscovering this kid and just being like, fuck yeah, like I mean, this kid is just unabashedly himself. Right. We should all be so. All right. So yeah, That's we stand awesome. Alex. We stand at the Alex. Alex podcast. Let all us know right. where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I know if you if Alex, if you're listening, please send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Um. So I again, I had so much content to consume this week between uh, Mariah Carey's memoir, which you know was eleven hours, mm-hmm. and uh, the rarities, which is amazing, the Tokyo Dome performance, which is now on YouTube, uh, my boyfriend's audio drama on Audible. It's called The Sea in the Sky. It's lovely. It's getting amazing reviews from the Audible people. Yes. Now that I am done listening to Mariah. Book, I can now listen to Jackson. Yes. The Sea in the, the Sky, in the sky. Which is going to be epic and brilliant. Yes. So it is included with an Audible membership. So just become an, a member and you can just listen to it for free and you would love it. Um, and so I've had a lot of content to consume. But one thing that's a little bit separate is uh, we watched The Boys in the Band on Netflix this week. Oh, did you? It's really great. That's good. And it's super well done and it's super interesting. And it's weirdly like some of the references they make between one another um, are obviously of the time but it just is like oh gay people are the same yes <laughs> so I don't know if people know that the boys in the band is a play it came out in 1968 and they just revived it on Broadway or off Broadway recently on Broadway on Broadway like two years ago late 2018 I think Got it. And then they filmed a movie uh, with the same cast. And I love that all of the actors are actually openly gay actors. Mm-hmm. We love that. Yeah. And I mean, it was a movie. They did make a movie years ago, like mm. back in the 70s. Okay. Um, But it kind of, I don't I really know where you can find it right. nowadays. Okay. Well, now you can find this new version on Netflix. It's very well done. Jim Parsons' character is so tragic. It's like he seems to be holding on to life by a thread. And he's having all of his friends over to celebrate another friend birthday and he talks about at the beginning like oh I haven't had a drink in five weeks I've been off because you know whatever whatever and as soon as this other friend comes in he like ignites something in him and he just like downs some alcohol and he's one of those people who's a very mean drunk okay and so you know the barbs start flying there's a lot of very tense games that are played and it's very much seems like it is in keeping with the play I assume because I believe the playwright was on set he's no longer with us but mm-hmm. he was on set for the filming of uh, the movie and it seems very true to the play I would imagine it all happens in you know just in Jim Parsons loft there's the outside area there's like a bathroom upstairs but it's kind of like fences and so far it's like we're not going to make like a whole new world around oh, this no, play no, no, like no. we're doing the play it's like how movies of plays were back in the day like it's right like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf they're in they're, that they're house like they're, there. yeah they're just in there and it's it's very interesting it's very well done it is you know smart and quick and it holds up I feel like people might have issues with it there are moments that are a little like ugh, especially because there's like one black character Bernard and so there's of course some racial stuff that like bristles <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think overall it was very enjoyable and very much um, rang true to how some gays in large groups can interact with one another and also if you need more convincing 
Matt Bomer's naked very early on. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you see his butt and a part of his dick. <gasps> no, you don't. You do the top. Part. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm too young. You're not young. Okay, but um, it's a okay. Good movie. Well, like Mariah, I refuse to acknowledge time, <laughs> which is like the best opening line of a book ever. Um, but yes, yeah, so I recommend the boys in the band. I also recommend. I mean, I say this every week, but. The Real Housewives of Potomac is truly the best show on television. Tonight was a bottle episode that happened in one room, and it was so, so, so good. And I can't speak about it more because who has the time? But wait, just it watch happened it. in one room. Essentially, yes. There was one like it was like a play. It was essentially a play. <laughs> wow, it was we like love Monique confronting the rest of the women after this whole assault happened. There's some cuts to Candace with her therapist, which were like whatever. But Monique talking to these women and them not coming back like not believing her it just is it's thrilling i'm obsessed with that artistic choice it's to have a thrilling. whole episode and like completely breaking the fourth wall it's like maybe being on the show is bad for me like whatever whatever it's great um so watch the boys in the band watch real house of the potomac and keep listening to the 2k mats podcast yeah thank you for listening today we appreciate you we love you thank you for listening um and we'll be back next week with more 2k mats podcast bye guys bye 